0: certainly have fears that there is a serial killer at in Firth. Sarah Spears, Jane Rimmer, Kira Glennon.
1: And every time you saw a young girl walking by, you think, oh, God, is she going to be the next victim?
0: WA gripped by fear. All members of Western Australia have got a responsibility because these are our daughters and sisters. Now, one man stands accused. If police are right and Edwards is the Claremont serial killer, he's been hiding in plain sight for 20 years. Welcome to
2: Day 2 of The Trial. This is Claremont in Conversation. I'm Natalie Bongiolo. Joining me tonight is 7 News reporter Alison Fan. Hi, Ali. Hi there. And also calling in from the District Court, we've got the West Australian newspaper's legal affairs editor, Tim Clark. Hi, guys. Tim, you're still down at court.
0: <laughs> still trying to file for tomorrow's paper, so it's um, it's a never-ending story, this one, literally. And, uh, yeah, another another really big day. Um, yeah, I mean, you... As Ali just said off air there, I mean, you, you listen to the evidence and, and pre-trial for three years and you think you've got a good grasp on it. And then, wallop, out of when? out, out yeah. of the blue this afternoon, um, Paul Jovich, who's the uh, Mr Edwards' the accused man's barrister, lead barrister, um, stood up and did his opening address. And uh, it only went for 25 minutes, but boy, did it pack a punch.
1: Well, I found a lot of it just gobsmacked by um, some of the revelations. Like, I didn't know the FBI were involved in all of this, Um, watching shows like Mindhunter who are profiling a serial killer. And then the FBI apparently were called in to analyse some of the uh, DNA that was found on Kira Glennon. And while we thought that nothing was happening, uh, the FBI were called in in 1999. That's just a couple of years after uh, she was found murdered. And then we also find out that all these these other experts were being called in, and well, we hadn't heard of anything, because nothing of this has been reported at the time.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean, I mean, we've long sort of thought, well, you know, nothing's oh. happening. The cold case review is, you know, why are they doing that for? I mean, nothing's changed in all these years, and behind the scenes and and away from prying eyes and media reporters' eyes, they would they would they were, It looked like they were constantly trying to get new leads and looking at things and trying new avenues of investigation. And, I mean, the, the one of the bigger revelations from when Carmel Parbagala, the prosecutor, was wrapping up her opening today was the fact that they'd sent um, the, the, not just... Well, they did send one piece of hair, but they sent the whole... Um, hair mass of of one of the girls over to the FBI, who then sort of broke it down into smaller and smaller samples, and and those samples at the end um, yielded a, a a treasure trove of forensic material, which is now you know nearly twenty years later going to be a major part of the prosecution case and. Uh, The other thing I found interesting today, Ali, was that police went through hundreds and hundreds of hours of CCTV, not just at the time when the girls went missing, but, I mean, in the last 18 months. And they didn't just do it once. They went through it twice and still couldn't find anything. So, I mean, that just... Just, just one little vignette illustration of the, the lengths that they've gone through um, during the investigation.
1: And, and though the investigators, and I, we found out that they had DNA from the Claremont victims that matched previous sex attacks. They just didn't know who the DNA was from. And that all changed um, six years ago when they went back and had a second look. And I guess this was the cold case second lot of investigators. They went back and had a second look at unsolved sex crimes. And that... Was when they found the fingerprint matched the Hollywood attack, and that's when it started up again.
0: Yeah, it, it's an incredible ladder of investigative sort of, or, you know, pieces of the jigsaw coming together. Which, I mean, I certainly find that absolutely fascinating. The the the, the jumps and steps that they've gone through over nearly you know twenty five years to get there. So. The the bit of evidence that Ali's talking about is this kimono that that had been left behind in 1988, had sat in a box for nearly 25 years. Cold case um, investigators got it out of storage and tested it again. They found DNA on that kimono, which matched um, DNA to um, Kira Glennon and DNA to um, a rape in in Karakata. So they knew it was a major piece. It linked that rape, it linked to Claremont, and it linked both those together. They then went back and had a look at other Huntingdale offences and found that that these break-ins had been occurring before this kimono had left behind. And during one of those break-ins, there was a fingerprint left behind. So they then ran the fingerprint through the national database and up popped Bradley Robert Edwards. From another offence that he committed in 1990 in Hollywood. Extraordinary,
1: <laughs> wasn't it? And also, they still didn't have his DNA. So, what do they do? They follow him. They follow him yeah. into a movie theatre. <laughs> and, and as he throws his sprite bottle away, they swoop up and
2: pick it from the bin. And, and they've this, got his DNA. This yeah. sounds like something from a movie. Yeah. Well, you mean, know, there's, there's got to be this. a movie
0: in that. I mean, there's got to be a movie in this, honestly. It, it, uh, if you scripted it, your script editor would come back and say, "Oh, that's a bit far fetched. It's too far
2: fetched. It? That's a right." A
0: bottle that would have been after watching whatever movie you watched five days before Christmas. Come on, do me a favour, but that's what they did, and 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 that DNA was a match. So then they swooped, arrested him, um, and here we are, three years later.
2: And it's extraordinary to think that all of this evidence has been there all along. The prosecution will say it's always been there. It's just been this. Uh, at getting to this point of linking it all together. Well, we mm. just haven't heard about it thread by thread as they've been yes. doing it.
1: And we think they're not doing anything and we think it's just the cold. Although the cold case investigators that came in, when was that? Um, that was what, about 2013? Was it Tim? Yeah, when the 13, second four, lo- there, yeah. there's
0: been a couple. There's been a, there was one in 2004, I think, with um, a detective from South Australia, but then this one in 2014. And they, they used, they had all this new sort of um, forensic, yeah. Armory to to test things, which is what they've basically done, and they just they just started again, and um and, and and got the hit, and and you know luckily found that box in, in whatever storage um, compartment it was, and with the kimono in it, and um that that's led us here. And I, I don't think, know
2: if either of you have the answer to this, but I just wonder how many times has DNA been cross-checked against this database over the past twenty years? Do you think? Well, I think too, what the uh, defence lawyer said today,
1: Paul Yovich. he's going to question a lot, isn't he, Tim, about the uh, contamination prospects, the storage? Yeah. Uh,
0: he well, didn't, that was, that's yeah. for mine, that was the major bombshell today. Um, so, Paul Yovich has basically been on the, you know, he's been ducking and weaving and parrying for three years. He's never really been able to get on his feet and say, listen, this is what I'm going to say. And today he did, and as I said at the start, 25 minutes it took him, but, I mean, wowsers. So he said, the the main bombshell, four, he's saying four samples, (coughs) excuse me, four samples that were taken from, um, during the investigation, um, uh, three from the the bodies of Jane and and Kira, and one from a branch that was on top of Jane's body when they discovered Mm. them. They were um, tested, sent to a, a lab in the UK and tested in 2017. They originally was, the, the samples were said to have no DNA at all. When they sent them off to the, the UK lab in 2017, lo and behold, they all came back with, um, well, three of them came back with the DNA of West lab scientists who worked there, three different ones. Yes. And the branch yes. had Um, DNA of a completely unrelated victim of a completely unrelated crime on it. And so, well, I mean, there's your, uh, that's what Mr. Jovich would say, well, there's your reasonable doubt. Yes. If if these samples have all been contaminated somehow by workers at the lab or by um, uh, somehow an unrelated victim's getting on there, what's to say that the, um, the, the DNA that the, but the, the DNA the prosecutor says is from Kira is on Mr Edwards's um uh, so Mr Edwards's DNA is under Kira's fingernails what is what's to say that it hasn't got there by some um some different means. And, and, would, and, and there you go. I mean, alter, that's, that, what was he
1: referring to when he talked about the fact that her jacket was thrown on the floor? Well, of...
0: that's another interesting thing, Ali, is that, yeah, as I say, uh, on, on the night that Kira was um, was out, apparently um, a witness will say that she threw her jacket onto the floor of the um, of the, the hotel, hotel mm-hmm. and then a mate of hers picked it up and put it round his waist um, before she retrieved it now they're going to that jacket's never been found, but what they will say is well you 've got a million witnesses saying that they saw her wearing that jacket while she was walking away what 's to say that there aren 't gray fibers or blue fibers or yeah. you know red, green, and yellow fibers mm. that have somehow got from the jacket to the floor from your mates' um, putting it around his waist so you know it, it's that chain of custody that continuity which we've always suspected is going to be the main game around the dna and, and forensics and fibers and all that and today's just absolutely um shone uh, you know a million watt bulb on that um, theory and that's what a lot of us are going to spend a lot of time listening to over the next lot of weeks
1: but Paul Jovich actually did say he was not going to say any more, that he's keeping the best to last, didn't he? He indicated yes. that he'll wait to hear it and that at the end he's going to have to, a lot more to say.
0: Yeah, well, if Carmel Barbagallo's sort of, you know, seven, eight-hour opus was, yes. you know, 2001 Space Paul <laughs> Paul's just got up and done a you know a three-minute version and... I'll tell you what well, I'll be right now tomorrow and it, I'm, it, as good as Carmel was and as thorough and as, as detailed and as exhaustive as she was the main takeaway from, for me from mine, for mine from today is what Paul said and what Paul's basically laid out like, this is what you're going to have to get over yeah. if you want to go beyond reasonable doubt. I so, do jump. you feel
2: it's really almost going to be a battle of the scientists
0: oh, from each side?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. You'll have one expert saying one thing and
1: you'll have another expert saying another. You get everyone sort of disagreeing and there'll be a challenge there. But they are, of course, um, before a judge. And I think Karma was probably speaking. To a judge, certainly Paul Jovich was when he started. When he was talking in code. we were referring to exhibit A 15 and B one yeah, yes. thing, and we didn't have a
2: clue what, what he was, <laughs> was on about. I was going to ask: no. was it actually at times quite hard to follow? No. Totally speaking in a code. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh, and that, I mean, today wasn't what wasn't the half of it. I mean, I mean, I've sat in DNA trials, so-called DNA trials, before where that's the key, and you know, some of it you need a master's degree just to understand yeah. what they're talking about, let alone. You know, plow through it all and get to the truth of it all. Um, In this case, if that's going to be multiplied by 10 because you've got. You've got one of the leading forensic um, scientists in the UK. You've got one of the world-leading forensic scientists in, in New Zealand. You're going to have all the Pathwest people, and I've got no doubt that if Mr. Jovich can find the, the three lab scientists who somehow managed to, as he says, contaminate the sample, they'll be called. How did that happen? Yeah. And as he said today, there's a lot of... I mean, because it was so long ago as well. I mean, these swabs were taken in 96, 97. I mean, that's a lifetime ago. Um, you know they're going to, as he said today, there's going to be a lot of well, I don't have any independent memory of doing that, but what I would have done, or oh, what I yes. should have done, or I what did, I did yes, do, or, I did or what, what I was yeah. used to doing, you know. So the, I mean, Picked you know, up on it's, that. Yeah. it's 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 a million layer lasagna, This, and it's going gonna, it's gonna, to it's 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 just going to keep going and going and going.
1: When um, do you think the witnesses will be coming at the end of this tomorrow? Week? I think. Oh, good, that's um, soon
0: well paul Paul Yovich finished his um the closing address very quickly the judge then did some um you know some timetabling with and there was a there was a bit of an intake of breath when miss Barbara gallo um, said well my six month estimation for the length of the trial is probably a waned a bit so we're maybe looking at seven or eight or nine which you know well that is what it is um but yeah so we're 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 pretty sure that the witnesses will start tomorrow we don't know who they are but we do know that they will be surrounding mr edwards um personally so his family his friends his work his cars all that type of stuff and um well i mean you you would think the biggest or the bigger the, the biggest two of those will be mr edwards's ex-wives um so who knows we might um, we we might start to hear tomorrow some very intimate details about um who mr edwards was um, at the time, and um, and what he was doing, most notably at the time the time of the murders.
1: Well, they went through all the emotional upsets again today in his life, yeah. which they say are linked to the the various crimes. But we we can't really identify any of the family, can we? Um, no, so there's quite very mm-hmm. strict, strict mm-hmm.
0: suppression orders around both of his wives, about his around his stepdaughter. Obviously, um, some uh, his victims of the of the three attacks. They're they're all suppressed.
1: And we um, did have a bit of drama today. Did you see the oh. police all rushing up to yes, the... what we, was that, that about? Was a, that was a protected witness, they said. Oh, she's known to police. But the police were all racing up to Court 72. It was a very, very noisy scuffle. She was shrieking. Could you hear loaded, it from oh, inside absolutely. the courtroom? No, no, we were all out. I was doing the lunch break. Oh, I see. And even the bike patrol policeman yes. came racing up in the lift.
0: <laughs> well, luckily you have an eyewitness here, guys, because I was <laughs> sat, sat upstairs outside court just yeah. trying, to, trying to get some work done. Well, it excited me. The
1: journalists, I do It went.
0: Um, it went from zero to 100 in about 15 seconds. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, it was. A, it was a lady who was certainly intent on getting into the courtroom um, for whatever reason. I don't know and don't really want to speculate. Um, but the security uh, in, in court security Jumped personnel in quickly, didn't they? were very, yeah. very um, firm in saying, "Look, we don't think you should come in." It got heated. Then it got physical. Um, she was taken to the floor. She was protesting very vociferously um, with language you probably wouldn't hear in a courtroom very often. And then the police were called. They got her into a secure room. And then I understand they were going to take her downstairs and maybe sort of take her out to somewhere where she could calm down. But um, I think the, the most unfortunate bit was as this was all happening um Dennis Glennon happened to come up in the lift oh, and it was yes. probably the last thing Dennis needed to see yes. uh, after the last couple of days. But as he has done for so many of these appearances and for so many years, um, just dignified and, you know, just let the let the police get on with their work, which is yep. basically what he's been doing for the last 25 years.
2: Were the other families also present today?
0: They were, yeah. Um, so Gene's brother was in court again. Um, uh, Kira's sister was in court again. Don um, Spears. and Don was there and mm. Dennis was there and um yeah, um, so I mean as we said yesterday on the podcast, it's a long haul for everyone, yeah. but they obviously are really determined to see it through, I think. I'm getting that impression now that they want to be there.
1: Yeah. Oh, you um, would want to be there after you waited all this time for I mean, some you answers. Not, you yeah. wouldn't
0: necessarily want to hear some of the details that, that, have, that have that have been aired and will be aired, but, um, you know, as you say, you've waited, a, you've waited so long.
2: Maybe a terrible double-edged sword for them. They'd Absolutely. want to know those details, and at the same time, it'd just be horrific to hear them.
0: Mhm. Yeah.
2: Very, very gruesome. And what what is interesting about this trial is we're watching it in
1: graphic colour, like a like a uh, slide presentation. Because before, in in the days when I was watching courts, you only only the judge, the two lawyers, would be handed. I know. I'm being very careful. We're, we're well, ageing now. But you wouldn't be you wouldn't see the exhibits. Um, that would just be seen by the jury and yes. sometimes the judge would say this is too graphic for the jury and he'd rule it inadmissible but now they're up on the TV screens and, you can, and you're can you seeing them. The, the knife you're seeing the where the bodies were found and the foliage that was covering the body so this is all on giant coloured screens Yeah, um,
0: well, I know I'm taking the mick out of the valley but um, I mean remember those ge- days in, in, in don't gen- you when they just I, passed general, it around I mean in general work they caught these um, it's there's the, the, the more visual presentation. You will see the interviews. You will see special witnesses from video link rooms and all that type of thing. But it's not it's not usual, even you know, even mm. in 2019, to have a slideshow mm. presentation with audio and video yeah. and all this. And it's and you know, it's got all us sort of media types salivating. Oh my God! Can we get this picture? Can we get that picture? Yeah. But um, but also it,
1: the body shots. You know those. Yeah. and They call them where where the cuts and the. Th- they said the throats were cut and this part of her hand, they're all
2: up there. And oh. is the accused looking at this as well? Can he see this screen?
0: Well, there is a screen in his eyeline because they've got screens sort of dotted all over, the, you know, from various angles. So pretty much you can see one from everywhere. But um, He doesn't appear to say, be looking at anything, does he? No, his eyeline oh. is sort of somewhere between... Um, where Miss Barbara Gallow was stood and talking, and where the judge is, is uh, up, up sort of high. He's not really looking or focusing on anything or one like in particular. What they
1: call it the hundred yards stare. It's yeah, that's He's just sort of right. staring in the <clears throat> distance, and he def- never once turns around to look at the public gallery or no. the family. <clears throat> he never turns, just completely Mr
2: Bland. It's just a very strange situation. Well, we discussed this yesterday and Mm. uh, the lawyers were saying that, you know, that could actually be something that he's been advised by his lawyers to just maintain composure. Mm. Maintain composure? He's there for six hours, not moving. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: And you went through today, um, the prosecution went through today, the emotional turmoil. Um, Can you just step us through those um, times that that she says uh, links back to him committing one of these murders
0: yeah so this this is this is basically the prosecution's theory towards motive they don't actually have to show a motive but it's always sort of for the for completeness you'd think they'd want to and so the motive the theory motive that they've come up with is that during um, particularly bad times in mr Edwards's personal life correlate with the the, the the crimes and so they say the first one um, related to Sarah, which, which everyone will remember, went missing just in the early hours after Australia Day. Yeah. They say he went to see his estranged wife on that day, um, invited her down to, the, to, to a fireworks show. Um, she rebuffed him. He stayed for dinner and then drove back, and that rebuff um, was was a was a signal to him that the relationship was really over, and that's what that's what they say may have triggered the the kidnap and um murder of sarah the second in time was was jane they say um on that one that was very closely correlated to him finding out that his wife was pregnant to another man who uh, previously lived with them and then she moved out and moved in with him that's what they say that that was triggered by and then the third one in time which is kira they say that um the, the emotional turmoil there was the fact that they just, um, that it was the sale of a marital home, which was, they say, the signal, the real signal of the end of the marriage. And they, they, they don't link them precisely in time, but what they do say is that if you look, um, all the girls um, shortly after these emotional um, tipping points were um, abducted and, and, and taken and murdered on um, late on a Friday or a Saturday night. Um, immediately after these emotional tipping points now I've got to point out the judge still hasn't ruled whether he's even going to let that um, evidence in. He said that he's going to make his mind up as he goes along basically because he he hasn't been convinced one way or the other that it's relevant
2: or yeah. Yeah. that it's
0: that it's that it's you know that it's, that it's really um, reaches the bar high enough. To, for it to become evidence. And he can but do he that, has can't said, he? Yes, he, yeah, he, can he can do that but because he has, he's got
1: no jury to worry about. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, so he said provisionally I'll hear all the arguments and then I will make my decision on it. And he said he will make that um, before the end of the prosecution case so when the defence starts they know exactly the case that they have to answer and if they have to answer this emotional turmoil evidence then they'll have a chance to and if they don't they can just put it to one side and concentrate on what they want to concentrate on.
1: In fact, the actual words used by the prosecutor today, she said these emotional upsets caused him to violently attack a stranger, a female mm-hmm. stranger. They were her words. We'll and see what happens.
2: How does the prosecution link? Obviously, um, Mr Edwards says he had nothing to do with these three murders, but we know that he has admitted to attacking and to, to raping a young woman. Mm. Does the prosecution say that makes this case stronger and there are links to this i think so she said um that
1: uh in the police interview he strenuously denied all of the charges including those that he has now pleaded guilty to so by saying that she's saying well okay it's no you saying he's denied it right from the start because now he's changed his mind and pleaded guilty to the first five charges
0: yeah so that so that is going to go to i mean the prosecution will say look He's now admitted that. He lied in the interview. Um, and so you, you can't believe him when he's denying the murders because, look, yep. I mean, he said that in the interview and three years later he's he's, he's admitted to them. Um, and that they're also going to use that. And that was basically the, the, the culmination of um, Carmel's speech today, mm. opening speech today. She said you can use that as propensity evidence to show that, well, look, in 88 he's attacked a lone woman from behind using a cloth for sexual purposes or sexual motive. In 1990s, attacked a lone woman, vulnerable, in the same manner. 95, he's done it again, and that was the worst one. And then, lo and behold, 10 months later, 11 months later, Sarah goes missing. So they say, what are the chance? Basically, they're saying, what are the chances of this man, um, who's who's done all these things to these yeah. other women and admitted them, wasn't the um, the, the the killer? Given a his propensity to do that and all the other evidence on top which includes the dna the fibers and and the car and, and and the sightings and the screams and everything else so so yes even though he has admitted those and they don't have to prove them that's basically given the prosecution another card to play which yeah. is a propensity card which says look we know he's a rapist is it yeah you know d- did he make the, the you know one the leap day, another leap
2: she was
1: and quite a, strong, wasn't she, when she urged the judge to find him guilty beyond reasonable doubt, and she said that the evidence was. She used the word unimpeachable.
0: Yeah, well, those. I mean, those rapes, the the, the rape and the Hollywood, they are unimpeachable because yep. he, he, he's, he said he's said put he's his hand it. up, yep. um, and he hasn't been sentenced for the two of those and the latest ones, obviously. But um, I mean, so that when I mean, that that is something she just doesn't yep. have to prove, um, and I, and can and she will keep pointing to it.
2: And I guess that's why those guilty pleas did come as such a bombshell to people, I think.
0: And a surprise as well. I mean, I've got to say, I've I've spoken with you know, a number of senior lawyers around town, not as senior yeah. as Alison's son, but uh, you know, pretty, pretty senior. And, um, he's a defo lawyer.
1: We've got to be careful now. <laughs> exactly. He's
0: listening closer than anyone to this part. Um And he's... Um, and they would. And they they were honestly, they were scratching their heads. They, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't really give me a reason why he would. Um, what one of them did say, well, maybe he didn't want the victims of Karakata and Huntingdale to give evidence in person, in court, in front of the judge, because if they were really convincing witnesses, and they were, there's no doubt they would be, <clears throat> that's going to make a huge impression. He, I mean, certainly would on a jury, but it even will on a judge um so maybe i don't know i mean it, that's, me, that's know, speculation i yeah. or I, or I don't know for a fact and i've got to point out i've got to really stress that that is just my own yeah. um reading of it but i mean you know well it, i pondered this
1: too because if there was a jury involved we would never hear of these previous surprise would no we?
0: And then what would happen? Well, I mean, they do let in propensity evidence for jury trials, but you've got to really fight hard for it before you even get to, you know, get inside the courtroom, really.
2: Thank you both for joining us for today's podcast and thank you for listening. We hope to have you back for tomorrow, day three of Claremont in Conversation.
0: This podcast was hosted by Natalie Bonjolo, produced by Kate Ryan and Alicia Preedy, and recorded in the studios of Seven West Media audio files were provided from the archives of the seven network and the west australian sign up for daily emails and all the latest on the claremont trial at the west.com.au